You're listening to the really useful podcast. This is the tech podcast for technophobes from makeusoft.com. Welcome to the show. My name is Christian Corley and joining me this week, but a little later on, is Gavin Phillips. Now, there's no news this week. There's no recommendations. It's the summer holiday period. So, you know, we're not really here as it were, but we have compiled a collection of usable tips and advice to help you get the best out of the technology around you. As mentioned, joining me for these chats is Gavin Phillips. Let's get on with it. Humanity is at the risk of extinction from AI, Gavin. How can it be stopped? Oh, the march of AI cannot be stopped, Christian. The march of Al, surely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, This is um, a statement put out by... 350 AI researchers. This was at the end of uh, May uh, this year, 2023. Uh, and the statement reads, mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority alongside other societal scale risks such as pandemics and nuclear war. So it's a big statement, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's... and Yeah, go on. I was going to say, and interestingly enough, the people that have made this statement are the people leading AI development. So they're the people who are at the very forefront of the current um, massive uptick in everything AI that I'm sure, listener, you've, you've seen and heard all in every every news outlet around the world. So we can blame them? Well, it's quite interesting, isn't it, in that these are the people calling attention to the risks of it so you would think these are also the very people that could put a stop to it Mm. (laughs) if it is going to be a risk um and some people have said that like it's a bit like grandstanding in some ways that these 350 signatories including people like um sam altman the ceo of OpenAI, who um develop and run chat gpt dali and some of the other ones uh demis hasabis i hope i pronounced that right of google DeepMind, who i just heard talking on uh, bbc radio 5 very interesting guy but right. uh dario amedu um amade of anthropology anthropic uh turing award winners and and so many more people who obviously agree that there are issues with it but um are probably highly unlikely to do much stepping down from it because it will harm the businesses that they run so what do they do good question um i mean it is it is a techno. I mean, it is the, the the very definition of a disruptive technology, isn't it? And it has changed everything. From you know, there are websites out there that are using AI to write material, in, in you know air quotes again there. At the same time that they're using AI to create visual material, and this is the you know, the very forefront. You know, the very stuff that you actually see. But there are other sites. Um, I should say the make use of isn't doing any of those things. We are 
still writing with our fingers. But there are other tools, you know, there are uh, marketing and research sites that are using AI to, to gather information. I think I've seen a figure recently that um, investment is increasingly using AI. And th there is a predicted point within the next 10 years where there will be no one actually making decisions. They'll be relying on AI for investment uh, information completely. You know, and that's, that's, you know that's, that's your agents, that's your you know, the, the brokers using AI. So it's well, everywhere, isn't it? Yeah. I think we could all agree. Maybe we, we need maybe less investment bankers. Anyway, <laughs> but. <laughs> um, but you're, you're absolutely right. So in, in one of the other things I read recently and was quite an interesting thing was that um, medical researchers had found a new or several new antibiotics um, that could help fight against these, you know, these superbugs like uh, MRSA, that sort of thing. And they were like, they would have never been able to find that with thousands upon thousands of man hours. They still wouldn't have found it, but the wow. AI found it. Excuse me. The AI found it um, within, I think, 10 or 20 hours or something of sorting through different proteins or, or whatnot. I, I don't know the specifics, but they specifically said without this AI tool that they developed specifically for this role said we would have never found this like new range of antibiotics that can treat these um, incredible super bugs that are ridiculously hard to, to treat currently. So there are so, so many positives. So the big thing um, relating to all this is obviously AI regulation. How do you regulate uh, AI development? And, these companies that we were talking about, like OpenAI and Google DeepMind and what have you, are in that conversation saying that they want more regulation from government entities. They want more input from the powers that be, basically, to say and to guide where AI development should go in, um, in a safe, secure and productive manner. Um, Yet then when that was mooted by the European Union, they announced something called the AI Act. Um, Sam Altman immediately said, well, we'll pull out of the EU then. No. <laughs> um, he then walked his statement back a little while afterwards, clearly realising that he'd maybe put his foot in his mouth. Um, but it's clear that these companies are looking at the wider picture and they do realise that obviously some sort of regulation has to happen, whether that is down to governments issuing AI development licenses, uh, curtailing the range of AI development or stopping it being used in specific areas or whatnot. But even if they do that, say, in the UK or the US or throughout Europe, that's not to stop it happening elsewhere. So that rings around the whole argument. It's like, well, why limit what we can do when someone on the other side of the world is just going to do it anyway? Indeed. Uh, are you at the um, Delta world event last month no uh so james cameron was there and he revealed that he started writing a new terminator movie inspired by the growth of ai aha but it was too real <laughs> well <laughs> he hasn't started it well you know they haven't started making it yet but uh, so i mean that's on the cards and i think maybe you know that might help based on how the impact of Terminator and specifically Terminator 2 
uh, fed into concerns about um, digital technology and you know the um, proliferation of nuclear hardware. If this comes about and you know Cameron is fully on board with it, like he was with the first two movies, then you know less said about the interim Terminator things. You know if if he's really got something to say here with this new Terminator, and that could be really interesting. I think, and I think it could uh, clarify things for a lot of people and perhaps underline where the risks are and where the opportunities are. Oh, definitely. And it's quite interesting, actually, the point you made there about films bringing awareness. So you think like um, something like, you know, 2001 Space Odyssey, very much propelling the idea of like a supercomputer with that sort yeah. of capability. But, but I mean, when was that? Was 19... Late 1960s, wasn't it? And that I was, think it was 68. Lot... 68, yeah, something like that. And... Um propelling that idea that something could have its own consciousness was like a, a wild far out theory at that point but now we're standing at the very precipice of that yeah. um, and it's creating a lot more well it's maybe not creating enough concern in some places <laughs> um, for what might happen down the road I'm uh, reviewing a laptop at the moment, and I've um, Gavin and I were having a little chat about this earlier on, so uh, he's he, a little bit more informed about this, and you will be, dear listener, but generally speaking, I've got it to review, so I haven't gone out and bought it, and I'm thinking really hard about the last time I bought a laptop, and I think it was, yes, it was about three or four years, it was, it was a Dell I was using it earlier on. It's a Windows uh, laptop. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of research goes into buying a laptop because, you know, you can get it wrong. It's not difficult to get it wrong. You could just walk into your branch of your local hardware retailer, see one that looks nice, see a price that looks nice, I'll have that one. And, yeah, you'll be able to do the basics with it, but it's maybe not going to be completely suitable for what you want it for, in which case you need to spend a bit of time uh, researching and basically avoiding making mistakes. There's uh, a nice list of eight mistakes that you should avoid when buying a new laptop. I'm going to go through them, then we'll have a little chat. Uh, number one is going too big or too small. You basically need to get the one with that uh, that suits the size. That doesn't mean anything, does it, that suits the size? Um, get one that suits you. Um, suits your size. Suits your size, exactly, yeah. You can run into trouble if you don't pay attention to the ports on there, so pay attention to the ports. You also need to decide whether you're going to compromise on displaying sound quality or not. A mistake, a big mistake, is not testing the laptop. Always test the laptop. And don't ignore battery size, because that can be a major element uh my um workstation here is actually based around a 2017 hp laptop and even when i got it the battery wasn't great and now it lasts about half an hour so you know avoid that sort of problem um and avoid buying an outdated or obsolete laptop don't fall for marketing gimmicks and unnecessary features back to the laptop in front of me now it has a fingerprint scanner you might think wow that's super secure it's really really temperamental um, and uh, also take time to read the reviews and feedback from other customers. 
it's a good a good idea. It's not the only way you can do this, but one thing I always do is look the uh, same device up on uh, Amazon and check the reviews there, and you know look at the um, three, two, and one star reviews and specific, particularly the three and two star reviews, though, because they're, they're the sort of best area to find the, the real problems, not the sort of like the grumbling person who just decides they don't like it and gives it a single star. Or whatever, Gavin. Have you ever run into a mistake? Have you ever bought a laptop by a mistake, and you know had had the old buyer's remorse? Um, I have to say, I've been really lucky with uh, with laptops. Um, the only thing I must say, kind of regret with the last laptop, uh, not the last laptop I bought, sorry, the the one before that, I bought a um, seventeen and a half inch gaming laptop so this is very much point number one on the list going that's big too big yeah going too big my hp 17 inches i found it really hard to find a display that i can fit in my office it's bigger yeah yeah and so it's one of those things so lugging it around uh certainly if i wanted to work out of the house i would always have to consider that i would need to be near a power outlet because yeah. it would drink the juice and then that led to me having to buy like a backup power battery to carry around with yep. me. And this was before they got like quite nice and, you know, streamlined. So I think the thing weighed about the battery that I had to carry with me, I think weighed like four or five kilos or something. The laptop probably weighed about two and a half kilos. So you're basically getting well. a workout every time you go to a coffee shop. Oh, yeah. My shoulders are, you know, they're built now. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this, um, it's, it's quite easy to run into those mistakes, even if you are sort of, you know, dare I say, like us, relatively well versed in tech, you still do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's happened to me. I mean, I've been fortunate in that I've been able to review a couple of laptops and one of them I was able to keep hold of. And that's a nice, lightweight little thing. So I've basically got my main laptop, which is my workstation laptop. It's, you know, to all intents and purposes, it is a PC. In fact, it's, it's, it's HP MV from 2017. It's, it was marketed as a PC replacement. Um, that doesn't happen anymore. That, that, that fad's gone, um, which I think maybe, perhaps, comes under the uh, heading of um, f falling from marketing gimmicks and unnecessary features. But there you go. <laughs> uh, it's got a DVD drive, which is still useful. Um, whereas my, uh, you know, this other one is nice and lightweight. I can put it into, you know, a satchel and just go out with it, and it's very easy to carry around. Um, which I'm, I much prefer using that really, but uh, yeah, it is. It, it can be tricky to buy a laptop. There is, uh, a, you know, this whole list of things that you need to look into: um, microphone, and headphone jacks. Does it have HDMI or Display Port? Does it have enough USB ports as well? And is there a SD slot? And then you've got the power to think of and everything. So yeah, avoid these mistakes and take your time when buying a new laptop. The other day. I realised I'm going to a foreign country. I haven't been abroad since 2008, 2009. And in those days, uh, it wasn't that important to have uh, USB devices all over the place. Yeah, so, that's interesting, isn't it? That wasn't even like, that wasn't even that long ago, really. Not <laughs> really, no. I just, you know, the, the phone I had was, was a Windows mobile. So it had uh, USB... My, um, it was it called mini USB? 
So it was that sort of... Uh, the, the angled one. Yeah, the sort of uh, rhomboid-shaped connector, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that was just plugged into an adapter, and that was it. You know, there's no tablets, there's no Bluetooth headphones and e-charging, all of that stuff. So I've had to go and buy three uh, USB chargers um, with with a uh, European uh, dual dual pole uh, connector, and it um, and I was a little bit concerned about you know they they seem to be quite cheap and uh, plentifully available on Amazon, and I did wonder about the safety of some of them, so I um, did a bit about googling of um, phone chargers and things, and what 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 happened? I ended up at makeuseof.com. dot com. What those yes. guys? <laughs> yeah, those guys. And uh, a lovely guide on the eight reasons your phone charger is hot and the eight ways to keep it cool. And I thought, actually, this is really useful. I'm going to get everyone to read this on holiday or before we go on holiday, just so they they know what's, what they're doing might be wrong, you know, because you go on holiday. If you live in the UK and you go on holiday, you're almost by definition going somewhere warmer. <laughs> unless you know, <laughs> unless there's, there's a few other places that you might be going to, but it's very likely you're going into Europe or maybe Florida. Um, and it's going to be warmer. And, you know, phones, when they get hot, they, you know, performance changes, certain services shut down and things like that. And there's very, various things that can cause that phone to get warmer. I'm going to go through the list of things that you need to check that might be making your phone charger warm. Number one, the charger isn't compatible with the phone. Number two, you're using a faulty or defective charger, which is something I was a bit concerned about. Uh, number three, you're using an ultra-fast charger. Number four, you're charging in a hot environment. Again, another of my concerns. Number five, you've plugged into a defective power strip or power bar. Um, number six, the charger is too old. Number seven, you're using a counterfeit charger, my third main uh, concern. And number na- number eight, your phone is faulty. All of those things can contribute to the charger getting hot. Now, there are ways to keep your charger cool. Again, I'm going to be sharing these with uh, my family. Uh, use the correct charger that came with your phone. If you can't do that, replace it with a genuinely manufactured uh, replacement. Uh, charge your phone in a cool, ventilated area. If you have to use a power strip, ensure it has appropriate ratings and is high quality and preferably uh, will uh, trip if there is a power surge. Uh, Try not to charge your phone overnight or for an extended period. I think that really depends on the type of phone you've got, whether it's got smart charging capabilities as well. Though, Uh, If you're using your charger to power your phone, unplug it from the socket. So don't use it to power your phone, basically. Just leave your phone on charge until it's done. Uh, Avoid wiggling or bending charger cables. Anyone who does that really needs to be looking, uh, maybe looking into what the Darwin Awards are and having a good think about their life. Don't do that. And finally, uh, don't use chargers that are past the recommended shelf life. Don't use old chargers, etc. Um, I, uh, I mean, it's a big deal going on holiday. I mean, I've bought three chargers, and each of them has a standard UK three-pin plug. So I think that'll cover every every eventuality. Really, I think. I hope. I, when I went away recently, actually, to Cologne to a Cherry uh, keyboard event, I got off the plane, got to a hotel room, and uh, the first thing I thought to do was, oh, I better charge up all my stuff. 
for tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, and going through my bag, I was like, ah, but I've forgotten that I've gone to another country. Oh, no. <laughs> and I had no uh, converter at all. Thankfully, I had a power brick in my bag to, to charge from. But I right. spent the morning sort of like wandering around the streets of Cologne looking for an electronic shop so I could <laughs> actually charge my stuff. I was Oops. like, this is... Not good planning. Had all the other stuff I needed, but no way to power it up. <laughs> Gavin? Yes? My Amazon Prime subscription renewed recently, and I'm wondering to myself, do I really need it? Is it worth my money? Oh, there's so many things you get with Amazon Prime. <laughs> convince me. Oh, convince you. Uh, well, the biggest free perk is the free shipping surely i think yeah. the free shipping works differently though stateside to over here doesn't it so over it? here in the uk it's one day delivery right so amazon prime is like guaranteed one day uh and depending on your where you live you might even get same day in america it's two day delivery is the guarantee but i also think within some of the bigger cities you get um you can get same day delivery depending on where you are um and if you're like close to a massive logistics hub then you know they can probably do that sure um and then i guess the second biggest thing is prime video do you use prime video i uh, we use prime video quite a lot especially this month because they've um made all the bond movies free again for bond's 60th anniversary so they 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 were initially free then they went to apart from no time to die they went to, they went to like you have to pay to rent this uh but they've gone free again this month uh, october 2022 aha nice actually i i must admit i cancelled my prime subscription uh recently but one of the last things i watched on it was every single james bond film <laughs> oh nice one <laughs> in order which is very 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 good um you know great films uh but i digress um so the question you're probably asking yourself actually is how much does amazon prime cost i think it gives quite good value for money at 139 dollars a year um you can do a 14 dollars 99 per month plan um i think that's reasonable value isn't it if it gets to your house the next day what do you think i think it is yeah i but i do feel i pro i do like having things delivered promptly i don't want to have to worry about when things are going to come i do like to be able to say i want it coming this day and it comes that day now we've had a few problems with things over the past few months which weren't amazon's issue they were the issues of the sellers on amazon for instance we ordered remember our heat wave in the uk mm. uh, well here in uh, in my part of the uk it lasted about four days um but we still ordered a paddling pool for it which never came and oh. it still hasn't come and, you know, we've got the refund and everything like that. But additionally, we also got the kind of uh, the cover for this paddling pool and the base for the paddling pool and everything. So they all came. And the point is, while it was easy to sort out the refund and all that sort of thing, it isn't necessarily the case that when you say, when you, when you request, uh, when, you know, when you order something and you say, you expect it's going to come on, you know, specific day, that it's going to come on that day or even that it's going to, ever come at all and additionally i do feel a bit aggrieved that there are other parts of amazon that aren't included in amazon prime for instance amazon music uh and 
I do feel as if that should be included, and I pay separate for that. And I sometimes I wish I didn't, but on the other hand, uh, for a quiet life from uh, the children having their own source of music, it's a better option that way. Uh, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I generally speaking, Amazon Prime is something that I kind of go along with at the moment. But, you know, as time goes on, it may be that it doesn't, it isn't economical for me, I guess. But at the moment, it is a good idea. I suspect that's the same for a lot of people, really. It's convenient, oh. so it's worth paying for. But once it start, once it stops being that that convenient, that's when you kind of don't want it anymore, isn't it? Absolutely. I think with Amazon, and it does have lots of like if you if you like game streaming, Amazon owns Twitch, so you get free stuff through that, or you get some free bits on uh, Audible, I believe, because they own Audible as well. Yep. Um, you have the things from like, oh, uh, Amazon Prime Day. You get early things on that if you are a subscriber. Um, there's Prime Photo, another thing that you can store your things, uh, or your photos. But I think the key thing with Amazon is actually, like you said, weighing up every now and then if you're getting absolute value from the subscription. Because there's been a few cases, and this is one of the reasons why I stopped subscribing to Amazon Primes because every now and then you think oh this is going to arrive in one day but if you compare the price of the product you might actually find the price uh, the product cheaper somewhere else but you're going to have uh -huh. to wait two days or three days yeah for it to arrive so I mean obviously you're paying for the convenience that's what it's there for but if you don't need it you can often find cheaper prices elsewhere you just have to be a bit patient which is really hard <laughs> <laughs> yes that's true patience is hard but also i understand it is a virtue Well, that brings us to the end of the chat for this week's really useful podcast. Uh, as ever, everything we discuss in the show, you'll find in the show notes at makeuseof.com. And uh, if you need to get in touch with us, you can do so via Twitter or through Facebook on the uh, makeuseof.com page or through the site. If you have any ideas for future discussions, we'll take them on board. And we would love to hear your thoughts on uh, any other matter as well. If we've uh, given you any advice here, then uh, please let other people know. And if we've said anything that you feel that uh, friends or family might benefit from, then uh, do share the podcast with them. We'll be back for another show next week. Until then, it's goodbye. <laughs>